Hey everyone, thanks for joining. Today we'll be speaking with Dana Wine, partner at Freeman Wine. And the topic on the table is estate planning packages. What does it look like? Uh, the thought for the day is to glean as much as you can so you're ready for your, if you haven't had one, your first meeting with an estate planning attorney to understand the terms and the things that you're gonna talk about. And the action is to set yourself up with some type of plan, whether it be a will, a trust, power of attorney, all the things we're gonna talk about today, make sure that you yourself are set up and ready to go because everybody should have something in place. for joining. Thank this. you so much for having me. Yeah, you bet. Can, just for the listeners out there, can you let them know a little bit about yourself and your firm? Sure. I am an attorney and am a partner at Freeman Wine, which is my law firm in the Charleston, South Carolina area. And I have been in practice for about 17 years. And my practice focus is entirely on estate planning and estate administration. All right. And you're obviously doing well for yourself because your name is on the building. <laughs> it was a journey to get there, uh, but well worth it. Good. Well, I'm hoping that with that journey, you've got some good nuggets you can share. And I'm looking forward to just kind of parsing out this entire estate planning discussion. So when people come to you, I think it's a really good place to start. What are they asking for? Like, What prompts people to even walk in your door and do the adult thing of creating a trust or a will? Um, there's a lot of different reasons why people come to me. Sometimes it's a young family. They've recently had children and they want to make sure that should something happen to them, their children are provided for. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's someone who is recently retired and they're in a mindset of planning in general for their future and for the remainder of their retirement and life. Often I talk to people who have recently had a bad experience after losing a loved one. Their estate was difficult to administer, there was family infighting, financial loss, and that can be a real motivator. I talk to people who have relocated to the area recently and as part of their relocation, they're trying to set up relationships with professionals locally. And to be honest, sometimes um, people don't really know why they're there. They're told that this is something that they should do and that's all they know. And they come to my office and the first piece is education. Right. So you're looking, I mean, there's, you've got a, a gamut. I mean, you've got people, brand new families, you've got people that are, you know, retiring and kind of entering phase two or three of their life. In that, the kind of, the, what I hear is the, the joining factor of all of this, they want to take care of something, take care of their lives and what they have left of their lives and they want to live it well or they want to take care of somebody should something happen to them. So how do you go through kind of, how does a will or a trust help with those concerns? Sure, yes, people absolutely have uh, things they want to take care of. They 
first want to make sure that they are taken care of. Right. And that's a big piece of estate planning, is in capacity planning. Right. People are often very focused on what would happen after my death. But very important is what would happen if you're alive but incapacitated. Mm -hmm. And as part of estate planning, we create documents like living trusts, powers of attorney, to make sure that a client's wishes are carried out in the event of their incapacity, that they're cared for, mm -hmm. and that they're cared for by the person that they choose. Um, making sure that we have a plan for what happens after their death is important because either they have loved ones that they want to take care of and they want to provide for, or they have a very specific idea about where they want their estate to go after their passing. Sometimes it's people, sometimes it's charities, but it's what they worked hard for and they want to make sure that it goes where they want. Right. So I think it'd be fun, you know, someone's going to be listening to this and they're going to hear these terms and I kind of want to fire them off to you just so that you can explain it before they end up sitting in front of an attorney and someone's telling them like you need a living trust or a will or you said a power of attorney. So can you in like 15, 20 seconds kind of break down like what is a living trust? What is a will? What is a power of attorney? And then I guess after we kind of describe or define the terms, we can talk about how they all fit together. Sure, absolutely. Uh, power of attorney is a document that says who you name to make medical or financial decisions for you mm -hmm. in the event of incapacity. A will is a document that says how you want your probate assets to be distributed after your death and who you want to be in charge of your estate in carrying out the wishes in a will. Right. A living trust is similar to a will, except for it generally works to remove the assets from the probate process, mm -hmm. which can make for an easier and quicker administration. And a living trust will cover what happens if you are incapacitated and can't manage finances and where your estate goes after your death. Gotcha. So you, that was quiz, good job. <laughs> I sprung it on you, that was good. Um, so you have your living trust that works while you're alive. You have your will that kind of hip happens, you know, after your death and your power of attorney. And typically you're providing someone if they say, hey, I want I want the full package. They're getting all three. So they don't I mean, they can work together. They can be independent, but they typically you a, a, a proper estate plan has all of those components. Correct. Estate planning is very important to be completely comprehensive and make sure that we plan for all aspects mm -hmm. of incapacity and after death. So we have a living trust which can own assets during a person's lifetime, which will address what happens to the trust assets during their life and after death. For assets not owned by a person's trust, the power of attorney works in tandem with the living trust in the right. event of incapacity. And the will makes sure that if anything ends up in probate, that ultimately it's put into the living trust on death. Right. So I know that the other question that comes up a lot, really two of these are tied side by side, but what's the time frame? I mean, it sounds so daunting. You know, you're like, you have all these new terms and we're setting up like my life, you know, how long does it take to typically set one of these, you know, estate plans up? A lot of that depends on the client I'm working with, but on average, it can take about a month. Mm -hmm. um, the reason it depends on the client is because often people come to me 
And after meeting with me, they have a lot to think about. And mm -hmm. sometimes they need to talk to their family and they need some time to think. Um, and I always like to partner with other professionals working with my clients, like financial planners, right. often CPAs. So we make sure that we have a comprehensive team approach to helping the client. Generally, they'll meet with me. They'll have a lot of information. They learn it's educational at our first meeting. And then we move on to designing their specific estate plan, then executing documents. And the final step is making sure that their assets are coordinated with their wishes and their plan. Right. Well, thank you for the good work you do. Definitely appreciate that. Thank you. Financial um, planners are an integral aspect of estate planning. Um, makes the process a lot easier for our yeah. clients because we can work together mm -hmm. to shorten that time frame of what they need to do to complete the estate plan. I work with financial planners to make sure that assets are coordinated and beneficiaries designated properly, accounts titled, titled properly. Right. So that actually is a really good kind of segue into the next one because you have on one end kind of a team of advisors all working together to create something you know cohesive for the client and on the other end the other question that comes up a lot which is why don't I just do this myself on LegalZoom or get some online document and generate it that way so can you speak to that as opposed to this other approach absolutely um, there's a lot of reasons why doing online documents or do-it-yourself documents are problematic. Um, I meet with many people who they believe their situation is simple. And very few people actually have a completely simple situation because they have children or they don't have children. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they have people they care about and things that they want to happen. Right. that are very specific right. if they were to become incapacitated after their death. When you do do-it-yourself estate planning, there is no conversation with an attorney. No one is on the other end really hearing what is important to you and what you need to plan for and what you want to protect. Mm -hmm. And you end up with a one-size-fits-all approach when no two people I've ever worked with are exactly the same in what right. their goals are, what their wants are, and what their needs are. And it also uh, eliminates a part of estate planning that is really critical that I just mentioned, which is documents are only one piece of this. You've got to make sure that the way your accounts are titled and beneficiary designations are done, coordinate properly. And do-it-yourself estate planning completely ignores that piece of it. Mm -hmm. I think the other question that comes up as well when you, when you just based around what you talked about, is can you change, let's say the laws change, uh, which they do, uh, estate tax thresholds change, can you change these documents easily? Or is it something where you have to go through the whole process again if your situation changes? We almost never have to go through the process again. Generally, changes can be made very easily. Sometimes it is a change in the law. Sometimes it's a change in circumstances. Mm -hmm. um, once I've set up an estate plan for someone, if they come back to me years down the road, we're never starting from scratch. Mm -hmm. We have the foundation, and generally the changes are quicker, less expensive, um, and fairly easy to do. So estate planning really isn't a one-time-in-life event. It's a process over time to make sure that what you want is reflected throughout your life as that changes over time. Right. So I want to go through really two situations. And again, this is kind of be like a little quiz. 
Um, we didn't talk about it before, but I want to throw them out anyway because they come up. What if you, you know, you because typically you're doing all this because you want to design where your money goes and have some type of control over what happens to you either in incapacity or after, who, you know, how you want it to go to your kids. What if you want it to go not equally and you have a, a child that you're concerned about? You're like, you know, I'm a little worried about, you know, Bob and I don't want Bob to just get all of his money. What, what kind of strategies do you have to kind of make sure that, I don't know, there's some kind of educational base or some kind of safeguard for someone that you don't want to just inherit a million dollars, say? Sure. I tell my clients that fair is sometimes equal, but sometimes fair is not equal. Right. And it's really dependent on an individual circumstance. For people who are worried about their heirs inheriting and being irresponsible or needing to protect what they inherit, um, either from themselves or from outside forces like divorce, creditors, judgments, lawsuits, right. we typically are going to set up a continuing lifetime trust for their beneficiary, mm -hmm. which will allow what that beneficiary inherits to be held in trust, to be managed under the terms that the client specifies for the life of their beneficiary, right. which protects from irresponsible spending, creditors, lawsuits, judgments, divorce, right. and some of the other unfortunate things in life. Right. It's like a little bit of a legacy planning. So you're planning for your life and then into the next to really kind of protect those assets. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're really, as a client working on estate planning, you are working on how you hand down your legacy to other people. Right. And the choice is yours. Right. Now, the other question that comes up a lot is around incapacity. You know, you, you I, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to where they're like, I do not want to end up in a nursing home. What kind of protections can you or can you plan for that situation to where you can say this person is not going to end up in a nursing home regardless of their mental, mental state? So that is um, a question that I think is twofold. Um, in my opinion, one of the most important pieces of planning so that you are able to live out your life where you want to is financial planning and starting to think about that at the right time earlier in life working to make sure that your estate has uh, what you need for the care that you want down the road should you need it. Right. From an estate planning perspective, first it's important to make sure that the right people that you want to be making the decisions about your long-term care are in place to be able to do that should mm -hmm. you need it. Um, documenting and memorializing what your wishes are and making it easy for those wishes to be carried out by naming whoever you choose to be in charge of the assets that you have to use for your needs long term. Right. You brought up something just there that made me think, you know, I want to I want to plant this as a seed for people listening. What is your opinion on having because I know a lot of times parents think it's a great honor to name their children as executors of their trust and trustees. But I find a lot of times that grieving process begins and they're now saddled with being an executor on top of or being a trustee on top of incapacity and death. What is your opinion on having them take on that role versus a corporate trustee? This is very individual. Right. And um, 
it really depends on family dynamics, mm -hmm. the um, their child's relationship with siblings, um, the ability and interest for a child in taking on those roles after a parent has died, what their skill set is. Right. And for some people, it is a, a right and natural choice to name a child to serve in that role. But for many people, they, they don't feel either confident in their children's ability to serve in that role, or they don't want to burden their children, or there are family dynamics which would complicate a child serving in that role and could put a strain on family relationships. Right. And in those cases, um, corporate trustees are, are great tools to mm -hmm. make sure that you address those issues. They can prevent family conflict. They can take the burden off children in administering a parent's estate. Right. I think you, you named it earlier when you said, you know, a lot of people think planning is simple, but it's very, it ends up being a lot more complex. And I just remember this, this saying is like simple planning will lead to complex results. But a lot, a lot of times, a little bit of complex planning will lead to a much more simple result. And kind of going through some of these questions and you kind of parsing it out, I mean, I, I can't give, and I'm sure you can't either, a definitive answer to people like, this is what you should do, but at least bring up the questions so that when they go in and they have the conversation, they're a little more prepared for it when they go in to create their will or their trust or refresh it even. Um, can you give me just a couple success stories of people that have, you know, set up a, a, you know, estate plan and then kind of what happened as they saw it through um, in a successful way. I know whether it be incapacity or death, sometimes those are not good situations, but the process can be a much more positive one if you have an estate plan in place. Sure, absolutely. I um, have worked with a client who, um, you know, had no capacity issues and was just at a point in life where they knew it was time to make sure they updated and had a really comprehensive estate plan so that they could put it aside, not think about it. There was really um, not a thought at that immediate time that incapacity was looming in the future. Um, years down the road, unfortunately, this client developed dementia and got to a point where they were unable to make medical and financial decisions for themselves. Right. Because we had the estate plan in place to plan for their incapacity, it was a much easier, much less expensive, much more efficient process for their chosen person to take over their medical and financial decisions. We were able to avoid court action, which would have required a conservatorship, mm -hmm. which can be very time consuming, expensive, and restrictive, mm -hmm. um, and very seamlessly have their chosen incapacity agent step into place to make sure that they were provided for financially and medically. Right. Another success story um, that I can talk about is uh, a dear client of mine who I worked with him and his wife to set up a revocable living trust. Um, they were recently retired. Their children were adults. They uh, had wills from when the children were young that were really outdated, and so they just knew it was time to get everything in order. Right. And a couple years later, unfortunately, my client was diagnosed with a very aggressive form of cancer, and I was one of the first calls that he made. And I was able to reassure him that we had everything set up. 
And he was able to spend his final days at peace and with his family instead of worrying about what was going to happen to them after their death. Right. And it was tragic for the family, but we were able to make the after-death estate administration process um, much less difficult for them. Right. And he had a lot of peace in knowing they had someone to turn to to help them when the time came. Right. Yeah, I know sometimes these conversations can seem heavy. And some of the topics, you know, when we go through it, and sometimes I sit in the meetings with people and you can kind of see their eyes widen when you talk about, like, you know, just, you know, incapacity or death or where do you want things to go. But if you don't have those conversations and you don't determine them, then when the time comes that, you know, life happens because it's going to happen to all of us, you are at some point going to be faced with, like, what what decisions do I want to have made? Yeah. Or you let the state make the decisions, I suppose. Um as we wrap it up, I, you know, not everybody's going to be able to come see you, you know, and take advantage of what you do. They may be in other states or whatever. Are there any kind of must-dos that people, you know, if they're going to go in and talk to someone and create an estate plan, you're like, you, you must do these things, make sure these are added or at least a part of the conversation when you're putting your estate plan together? Yes. As I've mentioned, making sure that your estate plan covers incapacity and death is important. Um, making sure that you are working with an estate planning professional, someone who focuses their practice on estate planning is critical. Mm -hmm. Just having the documents, having your uh, general practice lawyer just write you a will is often not going to do what you really hope and need it to do. Right. Um, making sure that you have healthcare directives is also something that can be easily overlooked. But those healthcare directives make sure that you are cared for and your end of life care decisions can also be made ahead of time. Um, but I think the most important piece that people don't realize when they sit down to think about estate planning is how important it is to make sure their assets, their accounts are all coordinated with their plan. Right. And how important it is to make sure that they create a team approach with the other professionals in their lives. Absolutely. Like other advisors, financial planners, CPAs and the like. Absolutely. I can't agree with you more on the team approach. Um, and again, I want to thank you for all that you do. And thank you for, you know, making the time for this podcast because it's, it's very informative to just, let's just flesh out what some of these terms are. Let's get through the basics and talk through some things like these must do's that I think if people do it, will make, you know, really, once you set this up, it goes on forever, right? And it'll, it'll make that setup all the much better. It'll make their life all the much more smooth. And it's that next kind of next step. I always tell my clients, you know, let's, let's be an adult. Let's get a trust in place. And I think you kind of broke down the reasons why. So thank you very much. Really yeah. appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. You I appreciate bet. it. Thank you for listening to the Thought in Action podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to follow the podcast and leave a review. For more information on what's going on in the world of wealth, make sure to follow Family Fortune Financial on your favorite social media platforms. I look forward to you joining again soon.